0: You're listening to the HS DNA Podcast from the Garden State. Your host, Justin Starbird, and guests from HS Design walk you through each step of the medical product development process. Listen in as they discuss topics like contextual research, human factor testing, and conceptualization, giving you the best practices and real examples of success in the field. And now, here's your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back. Welcome to this special episode of HSDNA. My name is Justin Serbert, and I am joined by Tor Alden, Global Design Development and Human Factor Lead of HS Design, now a SteriPak company, and Mary Beth Privetera, Principal of Human Factors Engineering for HS Design. Thanks for joining me today, guys.
1: Thanks for having us. I, I, we're both waiting to say thanks at the same time. <laughs>
0: Well, it's exciting to have you on. And, you know, first off, congratulations on all of your recent success, uh, winning some MDA awards, becoming a IDSA finalist, and uh, becoming an Edison Award winner. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. It's exciting for us, too. We're, we're super proud.
0: Well, part of the reason that you've, you know, been recognized for, uh, you know, these awards is because of your commitment to design and, and uh, you know, how you work with, with companies all over the world uh, to improve their design for their medical devices. So I'll jump right in and, and ask you each, why is medical device design so important to a product that's coming to market
1: today? So, I don't know, Mary Beth, do you want to take the f- Take the first one on that, or you want me?
2: Sure. Well, I, I can. Not, not, no problem. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I think device design um in particular, I think increasingly um there's a couple of things that are happening in the marketplace that I think are directly relevant to successful design in the medical device space. So for example, users are getting really, really more complex as they get more used to easy to use products in their daily lives. They expect it in their workplace as well. Uh, And and medical devices are certainly something that um, that fall into into that genre. The other thing that's happening is is that the regulatory agencies are really looking for strong device design that's validated through usability testings. And it's one of the things where If you wait too long and you don't have a significant design then you run into trouble just in getting over that hurdle so at the heart of it I think good design is becoming increasingly a customer expectation for medical device users
1: that's a great point Mary Beth and and, I mean just to kind of add or or, you know at least clarify for my own benefit you know when we talk about you know why is medical device design important I think we're fundamentally at least relevant in this podcast talking about industrial design or, or product design and and how it helps you know basically create the the semantics or the intuitiveness of increased usability um you know because if you think about medical design in its in its pure form you've got a team of specialists going from doctors surgeons nurses all the way down to engineers and and human factors experts industrial design ui marketing manufacturing so it's, Extremely cross-disciplinary, and when you start looking about really the design aspect, as Mary Beth was talking about before, we can start focusing on industrial design and how how it's and, and UI UX design and how it's really become so important now. You know, I think everybody's really kind of understanding that using human-centered design methodologies improves the usability of a product, and you know, ultimately um, leads to a competitive advantage. With all the
0: changes that you've seen over the last couple of years, that you just brought up and and you mentioned, um, and the the needs for companies to you know look for the right partner. How do you know companies that have these great ideas uh, go about identifying the right company to work with that has all of these you know cross-discipline um, you know expertise?
1: So.
2: That's a great Go question. Go ahead, Tor.
1: Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, if I, if I, if I hear you correctly, you're asking, you know, so from a, from a position of a, a potential client, how, or they, they have a product coming out, how do they identify the right partner to uh, couple with to, to help develop the product?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you just talked about, uh, you know, several areas that need to be considered before a device gets to market. Uh, and, you know, how the, you know, not just the pandemic has changed things, but how, you know, the user's expectations have changed over the years, too, especially more recently, where, you know, everybody wants something to be intuitive and, and easy to use. And and uh, right out of the box, know exactly what they're doing, even if they've never seen the device before. So, uh, you know, how do they go about identifying, you know, the right partner to uh, to work with in order to meet their their needs and goals?
1: Right. I mean, w- here at HSD, w- w- we really we focus on on trying to understand our, our our clients' needs, and then we try to put in the puzzle pieces that they don't have already. So we don't try to overcreate or overstep their their current uh, team but we try to support their team and become part of their team right so um, depending on on the scope or the level of, of their sophistication whether they'd be a startup um, that just got a series a funding and they need to get to market in a year and a half or if it's a, a corporation that's you know going through the process of getting uh, a, n- a new product entered into the market there's they can be completely different approaches but ultimately it's it's a matter of us developing trust with them and having a similar culture that we can, uh, you know, rely on each other. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the one th- I think you know, if I take a look at some of the examples, um, and if I take the Centiare example um, that won the Edison Award. In that instance, you know, I think one of the things is that when there was a heavy interview with CintiAR, with with the leadership from CintiAR, with the chief scientific officers of them, of of that company, um, that really got to know us, and they were looking for a developmental partner that was flexible. And so just as Tor mentioned, the, the ability to go between the startups and the larger corporations, the ability to be flexible across the organization, I think really is something that you know that we strive for that really hones in on a partnership where, you know, to Tor's point, we, we become the partner, fill in what they need, don't overdo what they already have. You know, we don't we we don't want to replicate what what's the clients, you know, what their what their fundamental um, skill sets are, but to build on it and then to really capitalize and use that in the development process to the benefit of our client. So in, in the R example, it was very close relationships with their, their chief scientific officer. That led us to risk analysis. That led us to other users. That led us to unique ways that we could um, that we could get to the product design that was truly going to be meaningful to the customers. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what a medical device company wants. They want a meaningful product.
0: Yeah. At what point do you jump in, or is it best to jump in, uh, or when should when should a potential you know client come to you and say, hey, you know, we we have this and and we're stuck.
2: You know what? That's a great question. And I, I, we are across the board, you know, we jump in when they, you know, at, at varying points. Sometimes we're at the very start where they're really just identifying user needs and they know that they have a product in mind um, and they need to get that initial research all the way through to they have an idea, it needs to be evaluated, we need to have a formative usability test or they just have an idea and they need some brainstorming around it, some engineering around it all the way through to, we may be brought in at the very end just to clean up the human factors documentation um, and make sure and verify, evaluate the design from that perspective. So we, we, we come in at, at different times. I think, you know, really, the flex and I get to that flexibility point, sometimes when we're brought in, it might be that we're brought in because there's a specific problem, um, or it might be that um, we have a specific expertise that they're looking for.
0: Tor, do you want to add anything to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I'd love to kind of, you know, pivot off, off, off of what Maribeth just talked about with the, the CentiAR, just for the for the benefit of the people on the podcast. SentiAR um, is an augmented uh, reality command center. Um, it's a great case study for us because it won both an IDEA and Edison Silver, and it's also now an MDA finalist. So, it's it's sort of one sort of the trifecta of the award categories, um, and you know our work was really to help humanize the UI experience uh, and and get it through the FDA from a usability standpoint or you know um, human factors standpoint for a very segmented user group of electrophysiologists. So it's it's it's, it's, it's this is one category that's it's a groundbreaking design, but it also has the intuitive human aspects to. To, to good the good design, right? So, so when we start looking at you know, the, the um, what makes what makes a product rise above the competition or from a from a, on the medical device side, and you look at, well, do awards really matter or do do how do, how do you judge which award you should go for? Um, it's just a really nice honor, I think, for our clients and us and ourselves to, to, to see product like that going to to win all three you know or at least be recognized in all three so
0: to kind of you know amplify that what does it take for a medical device design to actually rise above the competition and be recognized for uh for some of these awards especially on the design side
1: i mean it it really depends and i guess you know that's that's the thing i mean You've got. I mentioned three design awards. There, there are others, obviously. But you know, so from historical standpoint, and you know, Mary Beth and I have both been judges and and had had also uh, products being judged on on uh, at least the IDEAs and the MDEAs. And you know, regarding the IDESA or Design Excellence Award, it's it's geared more to industrial design and user experience and u- user interface design. Um, and and. You know, so so products like that, they may be tended more to, you know, is it sustainable? Does it meet, you know, um, uh, society's needs for for, you know, they're 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 more general general outcries to different um, needs. Where an Edison may be extremely focused on innovation, where MDA is, you know, they're judged by doctors, nurses, engineers, and and designers. So it may just be that the fact that the product does something really well but doesn't necessarily excel in aesthetics as much so it's they're all slightly different I don't know Mary Beth what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah no I I completely agree they are all slightly different I think you know if you think about what does it take to win you know it takes a really great packet overall package, um, let's say you've got to have an identified need in the marketplace where you are addressing something that is a challenge, that's got an innovative solution, um, uh, you know, oftentimes that involves some type of technology, and then the design of that technology, of how that technology is, um, it just uh, the overall design of the product design and the user interface design meets that need, and it's understandable, it's digestible, um, both from a, a, a clinical user and then from a non-clinical user because oftentimes the person that's doing the reviewing of these awards, um, they may not know what, uh, what, what's going on and Cynthia A.R. is a great example of that because electrophysiology is one of the most complex medical practices that I know of. Um, it's very difficult to understand because you're, you're not really looking at something that is like a stapler, if you will, and then add on the technology of a hologram above that. And then it gets even a little bit more tricky at, at that point in time. So the ability to really communicate um, and, and have good design and then communicate that good design, um, I think makes uh, a very good, solid product design. It also makes a, a great winner in the marketplace. You know? So it's, it's kind of does double duty.
0: How do you go about breaking those, you know, um, complex uh, use cases down into digestible information that, that folks can then apply to actually using the devices? I feel like that has to be, you know, you, you come up with this great design, it works great. How do you then, you know, go about communicating it um, to the end user and then translating that to the public for some of the, the award uh, categories that you've won?
2: Oh, Justin, that is a fantastic question. And I have, um, I have two words from that. One is avoid technical vomit, because when you speak in the, the techno speak of the technical vomit, you know, you're, you're really speaking to a, a particular audience, right? So, you, you know, if it's medical jargon, or if it's engineering jargon, you know, it, you're not actually speaking to, um, you know, to everyone. And, and I think, you know, in, as being a medical device designer, the, the the other the other key word that I'll a key phrase I'll say is you have to be able to explain it to your grandma at Christmas dinner. What are you doing? You know, they always ask your, your family always asks you, what have you been, what's up with work? How's it going? You know, you you should be able to explain it both up and down because you know, if you're if you're really truly understanding a technology, you'd be able to explain it to the most scientific of the scientific, the most technical of the technical. And at the same time, you should be able to break that down um, and kind of speak two languages, right? To be able to explain it to layperson, And when you can break it down, you really understand it. If, and if you can't break it down, you don't necessarily understand it. there's an aspect, which means that you have to ask why a lot, because there's a lot of really smart people out there and we have to continuously learn in this business.
1: And, and you know, I mean, that that's a great way to put it, Mary And and I think from that's what we've been striving for for you know the past forty years, if you will, developing our methodology to to really incorporate the right processes to ask the how and why and when uh, in the right time and and you know, so we do have contextual inquiry, which you know was it was a fundamental part of the uh, CETIER, uh case study to really understand how they're actually utilizing the device and and. You know working to humanize that technology if you will um but we have other clients that have already kind of gone through that path where we can digest that data and as long as we can understand it and to Mary Beth's point you know uh re re-communicate it to them we feel comfortable in, in engaging into the design process but if you don't have those answers and you know before you go jump into design um you're in a little bit of a dangerous territory You know, that's a great point. And and I wonder,
0: you know, and ask you as the experts, you know, how do you translate winning these awards to both the, you know, potential clients as well as, you know, uh, even even your own team when they, when you say, hey, I I want to submit this, you know, work for, you know, this award, you know. yeah, I'll take that one on. You know, because it's it's a challenge. Because every
1: designer that comes up with, uh, you know, that works on any project, they're obviously proud of that work, right? And and there are certain projects that we know historically that will either meet, you know, the credentials for an IDEA. Um, when when I was uh, a judge at uh, two years ago in the IDEA, I think uh, they basically said that it, it's harder to win a golden IDEA than it is to get into Harvard, right? So you have to have that expectation that. Um, it's a it's a challenge and it's an uphill battle to get. So you really need to make sure that you believe that it's it's award winning. Um, but that said, most of the designs that we we try to we try to bring into the to to the market to 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 to, um, to the award status um, because it's important for for the companies to get that free PR. It gives the clients you know something for the for, for them to gain credibility raising the bar all that but ultimately it's really meaningful for the development team um, you know again we mentioned earlier that we partnered with our development team so at the end of a project it might be a two-year project where you know we've finally got it out the door and, and it's in for a, a, a medical award and you know we're looking for to give our clients and, and our team that 15 minutes of fame um, you know from, from an advantage from a staff from our staff you know the uh, a good product designer—they're extremely passionate about what they do and, and the details of the product and, and how it goes to market. As much as it's a team activity, the designers need to be, you know, strong and hold their ideals. So the awards validate and promote and recognize the designer's achievement. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, it's really nice for our staff and our clients when we we, we do win.
0: Mary Beth, what do you have to add to that Yeah, when that's on the, you know, also on the, on the ground floor looking at the, or on the ground with the team, you know, and, and what does it do to their morale too?
2: Yeah. You know, I think that when it, you know, when we start to assess, you know, whether or not we think that the design is award-winning, um, oftentimes with the clients, you know, Tor mentioned the staff, the clients get excited as well. They're proud of it. Um, they 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 get energized by it to to just see the recognition of their work. Um, some of our clients closely follow. You know, did we make it to the next round? Are we a finalist? You know, it, it, how how's it going? You know, what what's the submission? They'll they'll help us by looking at at the at the submissions. You know, there and and again, it gets back to partnership, right? So if, if the partnership is there on the onset and it's developed over time. Then you know they they really want to be recognized for their work too because we've all walked every day together and made some hard decisions made some compromises um, really you know assess the design at every step and so I think that um, when we say oh hey we're gonna put this forward it's truly exciting they you know they they want to and then it's really great to be able to say at the end of the day you know not only do we feel proud of our design but look other people see that see its value and see that what contribution to overall society that we're making that we're making it better for people to to live longer to to really improve their lives.
0: Absolutely and you think it translates to commercial success when it launches on market?
2: Oh absolutely because you know they they will know um you know, they'll know immediately. I, you know, I, I can't say that there's a direct correlation that that you would say like, oh, it increases market share by X amount of dollars or anything like that. However, you know, it does give a great selling point of, hey, this product was was recognized in, you know, in these design competitions as being good design. You know, I think that that does add a little extra because everyone wants to use the latest technology. Well, not everyone, but, you know, a lot of people do want to use the latest technology. They, they want to be on the, the forefront of, what's going on. They wanna be able to practice better medicine or to treat their own diseases at home, whatever you know, whatever the case may be.
1: And yeah, I mean, I, I think it's funny, you know, a, a, a decade or two ago, you know, winning designs may not have been as successful as they are I think today in today's market, because I think the awards have actually started asking those meaningful questions about how does it, you know, affect the marketing? How does it affect um, general usability? And, and when you get those answers, Correctly, um, it should add to to a benefit to the business.
0: Yeah, I got to imagine it. It helps them, and especially um, the younger companies or startups, uh, gain more investment too. It, it certainly raises their profile and awareness.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, well, I can't uh, to to Mary Beth's point. We can never say that it, it's the award that got the additional fundraising, right? But um, usually, an award-winning design typically has 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 a a higher success rate that we see into the market. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, as we wrap up today, are there any secrets to award-winning medical device design that you'd like to share? Wow.
2: Well, if we tell you the secret, it's no longer going to be secret, Justin. So I want to start off with that. But I think that one of the things that I'm happy to share with everyone that's maybe um, not necessarily a secret, good design. Mm -hmm. Is intentional and it's diligent. So it's intentional and looking at what is the user, what is the value of that user, and staying true to that commitment, which requires diligence. Um, and that and that's something that we strive for. It's difficult at times when we start to get into manufacturing, when we start to get into just you know the trade off decisions that are happening, uh, that happen in any product development project. project but but truly. It is those two elements that, that make good design. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll give you a little secret. I mean, it, it takes a lot of hard work to enter uh, an award, and so you have to put both feet into it. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time during the process of, of developing that product in looking at key moments where we can identify where it might be useful to document or, or to bring it into to a way that we can bring it into into that award category um, submission. So you know it's 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 planning and it and it's 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 a lot of work. Um, you know, again the MDEAs you have to have an FDA approval to be submitted. So they're already kind of uh, gating that success of the product ahead of time. Um, Ida, you know they they do have concept phases which may be a little easier and now with COVID it's harder to show an actual physical product so you know doing doing your best to explain that product in a way that somebody could see it remotely you know those are those are key things but again it's it's uh, it comes down to and again I keep saying this on every podcast I think but it, if we have a good champion in our team um, on our client um, normally it leads to a, a really well-rounded product that that has a much higher degree or success for an award. Sure. So you're saying hard
0: work and persevere, and so the keys to success. And, you know, I think those are uh, tested uh, time and time again and and they you know overnight success comes after years and years of hard work. So. Fair enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Well, good deal, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise. Congratulations on all of your success. I can't wait to uh, to do this again next year during award season.
2: Fantastic! Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much, Justin.
0: All right, guys. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the latest episode of HS DNA. Until next time. This has been the latest episode of the HS DNA podcast. On behalf of our guests today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. As always, to listen to other episodes of HSDNA, go to hs-design.com and scroll over the HSDNA tab on our menu. Until next
1: time, thanks for listening.